Welcome back to Tech Talk. This is Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. Now, in a little while, John Fardy will be along with Screen Time, but he's popped into me now. John, how are you? I'm very well, Jessica. Jessica. You always call me Jessica in these handovers like you're my dad. Yeah, well, I, I feel parental towards you, I, I'll be honest. You're you know, like I've, my I've, much older brother. My very, very like my much older now. brother. One of them told me I was a granddad this morning, even though I'm not remotely, but you know. Well, you're 50 this year, aren't you? <clears throat> 48. Yeah, close enough, chicken. 48. Still, as someone said this morning, you look like you're 41. So. You do look younger than me. Well, I, I wouldn't go that far. No, I would. Do you want to hear what's coming on screen time this week? Not really, but go on. No, go on. There is a man called Mark Cousins, who is the great film enthusiast and filmmaker. He's a new documentary called My Name is Alfred Hitchcock, where he gets an actor to voice Alfred Hitchcock. It's fascinating. There's a glorious cartoon called Puff and Rock, which you may be aware of. And Cartoon Saloon, who make that, have made a movie of it called Puff and Rock and the New Friends. So I'm talking to Tom Moore of Cartoon Saloon. And we never reviewed Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part 1. It's a long title. And Anne-Marie Kane, our old friend, ah. is reviewing that for me this week. So a busy and fun show. Fun show. Uh, talking of your show being fun, <laughs> <laughs> which is, anyway, uh, I wanted to talk to you about the Wham documentary on Netflix because our colleague from O2AM, Colin Buig, uh, has been going on about it every single day and encouraged me to watch it. I watched it and I loved it. And then when I was scrolling through my podcasts, I found out that you had the director. Chris Smith. Yeah. On uh, screen time last week when we didn't do a handover, much to my annoyance and my fault. Uh, But yeah, he was a fascinating guy and the documentary is amazing. Uh, And it's a straight ahead documentary. I think people are trying to invent the wheel or reinvent the Mm. wheel a bit too much with documentaries. And this is just for people who haven't seen it and you have, is a glorious telling with amazing archive footage of this tiny little band that were almost trying to be like agitating pop inner city guys and then turned into this kind of celebration of sun and sea and a small amount of sex and just became world conquering it's a brilliant piece of movie making you know? yeah I said on uh, OTBM the other day that I felt bad that I didn't fully appreciate George Michael until after he died I didn't realise the talent that he was and how young they, he was and also then the friendship between the two books as well Yeah, the fact that, that Andrew Ridgely could step back and just let George be the star that he became I think yeah. was beautiful but then it also got me thinking about because I love the style of this documentary yeah. in that it's not the piece to camera with a single tear rolling down your face. No narration. It's like, like. It's the, yeah, it's just, but you're hearing the first person accounts from the people who are centrally involved. There's a beautiful use of archive footage uh, and it, it, you just get brought into that world. And they went, the filmmaker Christmas went really deep into the archive and, and I would assume I knew a lot about George Michael but there's stuff I never saw before like where he wins that Songwriters Award, the Ivor Novello mm-hmm. Awards and he's in tears. I'd never seen that before and it's beautiful because that's what George wanted. He wanted recognition from his peers because he was being dismissed as, and you can see why, is this fluffy, you know, light band who sang about drinks being free and Club Tropicano but there was this type Titanic pop writing talent there to rival Elton John or whoever and he was finally getting recognition and the doc is full of those beautiful moments and his father for yeah. people who haven't seen it like I always thought his dad was this kind of slightly cruel uh, English Cypriot guy who was like George you need to be a man but he basically says in it not to give a spoiler 
I was wrong. He did have this titanic talent and we all should have just got out of the way, you know? So it's a beautiful piece. It's an absolute spoiler, just... Hey, you know, mm. you think this is bad? Why are you tuning in after six? Dot <laughs> uh, Vader's Luke Skywalker's father. What? Uh, no, but come here to me. Uh, other good music docu- documentaries, because one of the things that annoys me sometimes is that these documentaries get made and it's just one person mm-hmm. talking about how the other person became yeah. the worst. Yeah. Uh, this was a lovely story. Yeah. Uh, other ones that I really enjoyed was Oasis Supersonic. Even Brilliant. though there is that falling out. Yeah, yeah. But again, you get that great insight. Yeah. It's a really warm, it's lovely style as well. Yeah. Um, the Amy Winehouse one, Amy. Yeah, Amy. Beautiful, beautiful. They're, they're two of the best. What can also be great in certain music documentaries, and we could talk about this all day because there's Let's. probably nothing I enjoy more, but is sometimes when a documentary and the documentary maker are in a situation where it becomes about something else. So a case in point is one called Some Kind of Monster with Metallica. The guy who made that was brought in to film some kind of DVD commentary or something, and then the band started imploding in front of his face and they were going for group therapy sessions. And the... SH1T hit the fan. That is an amazing piece. It's of, incredibly difficult to watch. It's, it's like great cringe. Though. It is. It's absolutely great. One that won an Oscar about oh, 10, 12 years ago at this stage is called Searching for Sugar Man, which best music documentary ever made. I'm not even sure if it's a music documentary. It's about a musician called Rodriguez uh-huh. who was huge in South Africa in the 70s and then went away and everyone assumed he was dead. He may not have been. It's brilliant. Searching for Sugar Man at won an Oscar. Incredible. Okay. Yeah. Is that on a streamer or is it? I'm sure it is. What am I? A movie expert? And as you Excellent know. level of research. As on. you know, I'm a wonderful, or I'm, well, I'm a wonderful man, but I'm a massive, <laughs> I'm a massive Billy Joel fan who I was just over in uh, London, London to see in Hyde yeah. Park. But there's a great documentary called Last Play at Shea, where he's the last act to play at the old Shea Stadium before they tear it down. Shea Stadium was the place where the Beatles played and decided we can't yeah. play live anymore. So Shea Stadium is this like, Iconic. The sound was shocking when the Beatles Oh yeah, there. yeah. And it's this iconic place where, and the police decided to break up there, Sting was looking at, so it's this very storied music venue. And this documentary parallels the life of Shea Stadium and the life of Billy Joel together. So like this baseball team leave the same week his father leaves. It's just brilliant piece of storytelling. Even if you're not a Billy Joel fan, it's a great documentary. Okay, that's a good recommendation. Yes. Okay, if you have any other recommendations uh, for us, please do let me know. Techtalk at Newstalk.com. But of course, you can hear more from John on screen time here on Newstalk from six o'clock. Thanks, John. Thank you. And moving right along, uh, there's a lot of talk, a lot of focus on the high-end smartphones. So whether that is the Samsung S23, the iPhone 14 range, but we all know these devices are incredibly expensive. It's also getting more and more difficult to tell one from the other aside from the operating system. Uh, But there's a brand that's come along that's looking to shake things up. It's been around for a little while now. It's called Nothing. Uh, They've brought out their second device, which is very imaginatively named Nothing Phone 2. I haven't seen it yet, but Mark Kavanagh from The Star has, and he's with me now. Mark, just bring us up to speed here with the new device. I have it here in front of me, and uh, yes, it's gorgeous. It's um, very similar to the first one, Nothing Phone 1, which came out last year, but it maybe looks less like an iPhone than last year's model. It's got a kind of a gently curved back, which a lot of people seem to be calling a pillowed back, but I I would call it a gently curved back. Um, And the LED interface on the back, which they call the glyph interface, was a lot more 
elements to that this year. So that's a bit more striking and you can do a lot more with it. But in terms of overall design, you could probably have the two of them face up on a table in front of you and not be able to tell the difference between them. Yeah, and that kind of happens quite a bit with smartphones. Like I've said many times over the years, it's getting increasingly difficult to find new ways to say the battery is class and the camera is deadly. But anyway, just remind us a little bit about the company behind Nothing. There is an irony to, to, to what I just said in that a lot of the press coverage that I've seen so far, and probably yourself too, um, has the co-founder of the company, Carl Pay, formerly of OnePlus. He's criticising other phone companies for uh, their iterative upgrades on an annual basis and he claims that nothing is coming along to do something different. I will give him that, that it certainly looks different to a lot of other phones, but their second generation is an iterative iterative upgrade as well, just like all of the companies that he criticizes for saying. Um, So yeah, nothing came, I suppose, after Carl left OnePlus um, a couple of years back and he said he was going to make tech fun again. Mm-hmm. So first of all, first of all, there was the ear one earphones. They didn't maybe get everything right on that, but they did launch their, I suppose, overall design aesthetic, which is transparent design, so you can see what's actually going on, or at least see some of the internals. So I wouldn't say you can see all of the internals in the phone, um, and likewise, you can't see all of the internals in the rear phone. But that design has has followed through on all five products so far. So after ear one came. Forgive me if I get the order wrong here, but after Ear One came Phone One, and then came Ear Stick. Now that would be probably my favorite of the three sets yeah. of earphones because I love the case, and I think you might have reviewed that on your show previously. Did you? I did. Yeah, I really, really liked them. They're the ones that I described as looking like something from the Elizabeth Arden Eight Hour Cream lineup. They're white and red, and there's a fun little design. So there is a point of difference in terms of the the physicality of, of those ones. I'll take your word on the Elizabeth Elizabeth Arden. And then then came Ear 2, which was, again, a sort of a a minor upgrade on Ear 1, but they did improve an awful lot. Um, The ANC and the the audio quality on them were very good. So Phone 1, it was a sort of a, what you might call a mid-range phone. I can't remember the Irish price uh, last year. I think it might have been around 499 or 549. But it had a Snapdragon 7 series, 700 series uh, processor in it. So it wasn't the fastest phone on the block, but it definitely won points for being a fun phone. Uh, the Glyph interface won over a lot of people because it was a unique design. And it had lots of other elements like quirky little audio ringtones and stuff on the phone. But it was very much a mid-ranger. It didn't challenge or attempt to challenge flagship phones um, in the way that maybe... Carl's old company, OnePlus, was known for sort of releasing mm-hmm. flagship killers for many years. So I think that's maybe what he's come up with on phone two. We're kind of heading in that same general direction again. It's definitely uh, it's definitely a much faster phone than last year's phone uh, this time around because you've got the Snapdragon 8 Plus series Gen 1 chip inside. And I think I've got the name wrong there, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Listen, the Snapdragon chip that came, that came out at the end of last year. Yeah, like the thing that sort of irks me, and I know you and I have sat in briefings over the years with phone manufacturers and, you know, they, they, they have all these big visions, which is great. And obviously you need to have a vision if you're going out to the world and selling a phone. But that whole notion of making technology exciting again, like just anyone actually care about being able to see the insides of a phone like I've got a gorgeous iPhone 14 Pro Max here 
and it's the lovely purple colour, which I'm sure has some notions name for the shade of purple. But then it's uh, covered up by a giant case because I know that if I drop my lovely 14 purple Pro Max phone, uh, it's going to cost me a lot of money to get fixed. So like, <laughs> come on, like, does anyone actually care about the look of a phone? You can't knock, I suppose, Carl Pay for being good at PR and for being good at creating a hype because uh, I suppose like last year, nothing was one of the most talked about brands. The phone one was one of the most talked about handsets a year. In an interview I saw this week, he said it sold 800,000 units worldwide. You compare that to the iPhone or Samsung Galaxy S, S22 or 23, and that's 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 a very small fish in a big pond. Um, so... He has created an amazing uh, amount of interest about about this phone, um, but is is it is it any more fun? Well, it is. I suppose the glyph interface is fun, but the thing that strikes me about the glyph interface is, uh, you know, you're reviewing a phone. You, you, I'm sure you do the same. You test all the different features on it. You play around with stuff. You look at all the unique stuff, especially, and you kind of go, "Yeah, that's really cool." The way you can. On this glyph interface, you can set timers on it. So one of the LED lights will gradually get longer as you get close to the, your timer running out. That also works with Uber. So if you book an Uber can, I know we don't use them that much in Ireland, but they are used a lot elsewhere. It, the, the same LED light will be, be an indicator of how close your car is to you. So stuff like that is fun. But stuff like that on this phone only works when you put your phone face down on a table. And it occurred to me this week that I never, ever, ever mm-hmm. put my phone my phone face down on the table ever. I always had it with the face up. So for someone like me, the glyph interface, yeah, it's great fun in theory, but in practice, I'm probably not going to use it that much. I do like the operating system system though this time. That is a bit more fun. You can do a little bit more with it. Um is it lots more fun than any other phone? No, probably not. And probably the average punter wouldn't find it as much fun as someone like me or you that reviews phones all the time. Like we kind of geek out on stuff that probably the average punter doesn't care about. And um, Tell me a little bit about the OS because it's nothing OS 2.0. So how, or firstly, is it dr- dramatically and drastically different from Android uh, OS or uh, iOS? It is... It's it's essentially Android thirteen, and then they've got their own skin on top of it. Mm-hmm. it if I, if your home screen looks does look dramatically different than than either Android or Android or iPhone, um, and that's because they basically have, I suppose, stripped all the color out of all your apps and your icons. So listen, I've I mine was held up because of Brexit. My my phone two was held up in customs for for quite a long time. So I've only had this about a week. And I do like the home screen and the fact that everything looks different and it's all monochrome. But, you know, if you're someone that has an awful lot of apps on your home screen, it could be the case that after a while you'd be kind of uh, wasting a lot of time trying to figure out which icon is actually which app because they do look sort of strikingly different. But for now, I am enjoying that element of it. I think it's fun. Other aspects of the OS that are different this time around, the weather app is very different. And they've got a cool kind of glyph composer app, so you can you can actually create your own ringtones. You don't actually have to have any musical knowledge, but I know you come from a musical house, Jess, so you'll probably mm-hmm. have better ringtones. You'll probably have better ringtones than the rest of us. But yeah, you can you can make your own ringtones, and it's really really easy and straightforward. So that's that's fun too. But yeah, it has its own look, and that look goes very much with the overall design of the phone and the previous product. 
Yeah, I couldn't tell you the last time I had my phone on loud to hear a ringtone, to be completely honest with you. I Actually, do you know what I can tell you? It was the day that there was a big movement in the National Broadband Plan, maybe four or five years ago. My phone was on loud because I went out to get lunch and my phone rang and I got such a fright. I dropped my headphones and one ended up on top of a shop in Stephen's Green. That'll tell you how infrequently I actually have a ringtone on my phone, but that's just me being a weirdo. Um, the price on this is quite interesting. So the... Uh, 8 gig 128 gig version is 679 the 12 gig 256 version is 729 and the 12 gig 512 gig is 849 Um, I'm sure you've tested many many other phones like I have this year where would it rank in comparison to something like the Google Pixel 7? Yeah that's that's a good question especially if you if you focus in on the honestly the the less expensive one there, the 679 um, I suppose that pitches it right against the Pixel 7 yeah um, oh, yeah, I, I like off the top of my head, I'd probably go Pixel 7 because Pixel 7 and the Pixel 7 Pro, obviously that's a more expensive phone, but both of them have the same uh, user experience, which to me is the best user experience you can get on an Android phone. I'm not sure whether you agree with that or not, but I just think it's so fluid and so smooth. There's lots of obviously unique features on it as well that are exclusive to the Pixel phone. Maybe not as many now, but when it came out, there were certainly quite a few exclusive features. Um, so yeah, when you pitch it against the Pixel 7, even though that's a few months old, you got to bear in mind that nothing phones chip is also a few months old. So they are kind of on a level playing field. Um, and then if you look at the more expensive one, the 849, which is the 12 gig and the 512 gig, that kind of puts it against maybe Carl's old company, the OnePlus 11. Mm-hmm. Now, the OnePlus 11, that's not widely available in Ireland, but you could, that's a brilliant phone. And again, super fast, really fluid. It would have the newer Snapdragon chip. Um, yeah. Again, I'm not sure if the average phone would notice, but someone like me or you that uses phones, you know, probably more than we should. Um, we know we noticed that speed difference. Um, the OnePlus is eleven is probably a better buy than the twelve gig, five hundred and twelve gigabyte. Uh, nothing phone too. So I suppose I'm being very negative now about nothing, but I do actually like the phone. Um, and I do I do like the way they've kind of gone about their business. And it is, listen, it's nice to see anyone coming along and being an upstart and putting it up to Apple and Samsung would be my own view um i take all of your points um mm. and agree with them and agree with them on the hype side of things and the the marketing side of things but you know since Huawei went out of the market a few years back uh, apple and samsung have been kind of left to do whatever they want and they haven't really had a serious challenger i'm not saying that nothing is is in that ballpark yet it's not it's a long way off being a serious challenger to either of them but it is good to have somebody kind of doing something a little bit different maybe to kind of get the others to 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 push their devices a little bit more yeah 100% agree Uh, I would love to know what you think are you going to buy the nothing phone let me know email techtalk at newstalk.com Mark it's a pleasure to talk to you thanks so much for joining us here on Newstalk thanks Jess